0: Hey, y'all. It's Hannah from She Reads Truth. Happy Monday. We want to kickstart your week by giving you 15% off your upcoming Lent study. Head on over to shop shereadstruth.com and use Lent 15 at the checkout. Then meet us back here to join us as we discuss week two of our Genesis study.
1: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and
2: truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And today we're joined by our friend, Rebecca Lyons. Rebecca is a speaker, author, a really dear friend of ours, a mama of four, and we just love her. Hey,
1: listen, when we spend time with Rebecca, and that goes for me and Amanda, we walk away loving the Lord more and loving God's Word more. And honestly, we think you'll feel the same way. Let's get to it. It is the second full week of January. It's the second full week of the Genesis reading plan, but it's really kind of technically the third week of January.
2: I'm all confused. After the holidays, I just feel like everything, I, I can't be trusted to know a day it is. I feel like
1: I need like a whole orientation. But what we do know is that we are in mid-January, and so all of those big resolutions that we made at the beginning of the month, in the beginning of the year, this is the moment where they kind of like, it's a do or die for them.
2: Is it a little bit sad that it's do or die so quickly? (laughs) Because that's absolutely true of me.
1: Yeah, I mean, when
0: you go to the gym, there are already fewer people there.
2: But I wouldn't know. (laughs) Going to the
0: gym. Well, studies say that eighty percent of people who make
2: resolutions do not keep them.
0: Man. So, which is Everyone, why I'm screaming rhythms over
2: resolutions. That's, that's a good girl. Yes, amen. Okay, so that lovely voice is our friend Rebecca Lyons. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, guys.
0: I cu- I couldn't help but jump in. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I'm glad, glad that
2: you did. Rebecca is the uh, you're the perfect person to have here with us this week. The to perfect, perfect person. About. The perf- wow. wow, Thank you. So yeah. you're the perfect people to be with.
1: Wow. <laughs> Rebecca, yes. I met Rebecca back in 2014, 15, yes. and we um, no before that it was.
0: I 13 mm, maybe we sat by each
1: other at You're baby f. Right. it was baby f and that we identified that we were back 12. of hair twins we were mm-hmm.
0: other people identified us mm-hmm. as that we, we didn't know because we couldn't see the back of our heads it's true together <laughs> yeah but other people told us that
1: and fun fact um both rebecca's family and my family were both featured families for the land of nod catalogs <laughs> at different
0: times <laughs> that
2: is so <laughs> random. <Yeah. laughs>
0: I like
1: it. That's
0: amazing. Well, I remember seniors. You, I think you were the first. I was the first. You were the first. I talked him into the into the uh, campaign, and I was kind (laughs) of dying at the um, your decor. And we had just moved downtown in Manhattan into an apartment, and they were trying to feature shared spaces. And I'm like, talk about a shared space! How can you not share a space in New York? So we we put the three kids like lined them up like three bears Mm -hmm. in the master bedroom of our 900 square foot apartment, and they they decorated it and put it in the magazine and they let us keep the stuff. Which That's the was fun part of insane. the experiment.
1: <laughs> you get to keep everything. They don't want to haul it back or pack it up. They're like, here, just have that. Yes. And so you
0: get a new room. You did. did and the I kids also stay in the master bedroom oh, they after did. that. They lived there. That's yeah. We awesome. were there for two years. Gabe and I were in the second bedroom, which you would walk in and fall on the bed. It was that small, Yeah. but it was a adorable. I've never seen them like someone outfit such a small space to be so cozy. Everybody had their
1: own little chalkboard. Here's the thing. I say that I met Rebecca at Baby If, but really like that was my first introduction to Rebecca Lyons was in the Land of Nod catalog. Like <laughs> I first so like funny. saw her family and like Kennedy and Pierce and Cade, like that was the first time I'd ever seen them. Isn't that funny?
0: It, that, that makes sense because it was the end of 2012 yeah. and I met you not long after that the yeah. next year, I think. That's funny. Well, the best part about that is they did. That's when chalk lettering was still really big. That's right. And so Dana Tanamachi, who's done all my book covers, she's came. an actual friend of the. She's an actual family. friend. Yeah. She started the whole chalk lettering craze. I don't know if you know this. It oh, was yes. at a party at a like a party in Brooklyn, and she started just writing chalk all over the walls. She's done the cover of Time, Oprah, Instagram yeah, headquarters, everything. Stuff. Well, anyway, she we go fans. to the same church yeah. in New York City, and so because she had just hand-lettered my first book, I said, do you want to come Like, do a little like initials in the chalk and design it all out? So she did it on the wall, Land of Nod was thrilled. <laughs> well, no that's kidding, amazing. I'd be thrilled, too. It was so beautiful. It was
1: really It was good. incredible. Yeah. that's was fun. Aww, I love that. Good memories. I know. So, guys,
0: this is Rebecca Lyons.
1: To some, she is known as the family in the Land of Nod catalog, <laughs> and to most others, she is um, an author. She is mama to four sweet kiddos, and a neighbor to us. She lives here in in town. And she loves
2: God's Word. She does. Um, Mm. You love God's Word, and I love to watch your relationship with the Lord. You're generous um, to let the world in on a lot of your relationship with the Lord because Mm -hmm. you are, you know, you have that platform, the buzzword that we all have grown to not love. But, you know, it feels like we're a fly on the wall sometimes of Mm -hmm. your relationship with scripture and with the Lord. And, and so I'm so, I've been looking forward to this conversation because as we are walking through Genesis we just want to to meet God there and to say to continue to be students of His Word and to continue to learn how to know Him through His word, how mm-hmm. to understand His Word, and how to to ask honest questions of Him and of each other, and to right. just dig in instead of feeling like, oh, you know, here we are, second, full week of January. I'm, you know, if we have our Bible reading resolution, I want to be a woman in the Word of God every day this year. And then you very quickly, especially when reading a book of the Old Testament like Genesis, you, you can very quickly feel like I'm not really sure what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like the narrative, it's not. You sometimes it can be. You know, like this week we're reading about the Tower of Babel, and that's one of those passages where I'm like, this is mind blowing to me. Um, and so to do that and to not. To not just, okay, well, I'm just going to close it now because I obviously am not qualified to read this. No, that's not true. Like it's No matter our level of familiarity or education about the Bible, it is for us to read and, and mm-hmm. get to know God. That's yeah, why he gave right. it to us
1: mean, I would even add, like as you're listing like the the reasons that it's good to go to God's word, I think something that we also forget sometimes is that we go to God's word so that we can delight in God's word. Like David yeah. talked about, I delight in your word. And that's something that I see, Rebecca, in you. Um, when we sit down and when we talk, you talk to me excitedly and like you're delighted in what you were learning. This morning you talked to us a little bit before we hit the record button about what a delight it is to to make these connections between the Old and the New Testament, which we'll talk about also here. But I think that we sometimes forget to delight in God's word, that it's not mm-hmm. a like, get here, get it done. You know, I, I've timed it. It'll take three to five minutes to do this today. But to delight in God's word. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm a context junkie, and I think if we have a posture of curiosity as children, you yeah. know how when you're young, you ask questions, and, you, and it's annoying to the parents, but you just <laughs> want to know. You want to know why or how these things are connected, and, and I think God's Word shows us His nature. I mean, yes. yes, there's a lot of scripture where we can verbatim you know, recite those things, but over the narrative arc, you really start to know His nature. Like, what's He like? Not that you we ever fully know. Obviously, He's full of mystery and wonder, but... You start to understand his nature and and his intent and his heart behind Mm -hmm. things. And so, that to me, I'm always very curious about because I think that's what he's trying to develop and mature in us, you know, that we would walk in that way, that we would emulate who Christ is and carry that aroma. And we can't, if we don't understand, like, that whole what would Jesus do, you know, really, you can't even know if you don't understand, like, well, how, what is the God's bent in his heart in this situation yeah. and versus like, does the Bible say this is a sin, you know, it's really like, right. what, where does mercy interject, where does grace, where does punishment, you know, mm-hmm. where's consequence, you know, understanding God's nature and his heart behind some things, I think, help us know how to, Absolutely. How to walk with him. And then also how to read the text with curiosity, And also without full resolution on everything.
2: Yes. So this is what, as you're talking, so we talked last week about the fact that Genesis says that Noah walked with God. It uses the phrase walked with God and Enoch walked with God. And how like, as we're thinking about the new year and and resolutions, like that's what I want is I want to walk with God. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like? So we've talked about a lot about that last week. And But what you just said of we don't have to – I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I put pressure on myself to when I read something to feel like, okay, I need to not just understand it, but I need to somehow fit this into my theology and be able to articulate it back or have like – An answer or resolve about an issue or, and there's so much focus on that sometimes that I think this whole conversation about delighting in God's word, we can so easily lose that and just focusing on, okay, yes, like I have questions about this, but at the same time, I am getting clarity on like who God is, maybe not like, how do I articulate a position on this particular issue? I don't know, you know, maybe I don't know that, but I can still know God. Right. Well, and if his nature ultimately after sin enters
0: the world and the curse begins, and then he's the journey from there forward is this idea of reconciling us, Jesus back to the father, Mm -hmm. ultimately through the new covenant, and then reconciling us to each other. So to me, it's all about... Are these decisions or are these things pointing me back towards God? Are they actually making me more surrendered and submitted to Him? Am I surrendered and submitted mm-hmm. to my people? Mm-hmm. Am I just fighting for what I want or my will? It's, sometimes I have to run things through that grid. It's it's like from Second, I think it's Second
1: Timothy where it says, you know, all scriptures God breathed. We agree and is useful. We agree, but then when it says for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that's sometimes where we go like, wait. wait, wait. You know, like I, I want to go to scripture for encouragement, but right. not not so much for rebuke or correction. Yeah. And so it's it's good, Rebecca, like you just said, to to think of um, scripture as a corrective tool, as something that for us to be conformed to Christ's image, not for scripture to conform to the way we think or the way we look
0: at things. It's that that biblical worldview. Yeah, you think about the gift of the Holy Spirit is conviction. Of sin, right? Yeah. You know, that's a gift. That's not right. condemnation. That's invitation. Yeah. He's basically saying, you need the Holy Spirit so you can be reconciled back in relationship. So I'm going to actually make sure you're aware of the sin. Yeah. The sin deceives. So sin doesn't want us to know it's there. Right. But the Holy Spirit reveals and says, no. You are absolutely walking in sin. It's a blind spot for you, but everybody else sees it, possibly. And for me, even this morning around three in the morning, I woke and I felt the weight of my sin. And I was like, thank you for even, you know, there's this saying by Julia Cameron, she writes the artist way. And she's a writing professor in New York. And she says that those first 40 minutes after you wake, your natural ego defenses are down and you're most in tune with your subconscious. And that's why it's a good time to write. But I find even the first few minutes after I wake, that's when the Holy Spirit is very loud. Mm -hmm. I'm not, my natural ego defenses are down. I'm most in tune with my subconscious, like the what behind the what. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I want to repent. And I just say repent now because repent confesses to say the sin, but repent is to make a hard stop from doing it. It's the hate and forsake. Yes. Yeah. So I reject and renounce the way I keep acting in this way, like to be ungrateful or to complain that I don't have enough mm-hmm. or to blame somebody right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> for my you know quote unquote misfortune or frustration. And by doing that, I just say God restore to me the joy. Like I want nothing to to come in the way because I think part of the power of the enemy, the only power he has on us as daughters of God are the lies we choose to believe. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying, what lie have I let creep in that I now believe? And Mm -hmm. the lie for me in the middle of the night was, I'm alone. Mm. Like, I'm alone. Like, I think that's the lie of the orphan daughter, ultimately, is that I'm alone. And it's because if you're not like in the middle of friendship, it's like that FOMO, I think, feeds the lie of alone or or somehow comparing or feeling like you're on the fringes, that, that loneliness thing that becomes to depression that then yeah. becomes far more dangerous is that sometimes I think a lot of times we operate as if there isn't someone who sees and knows and loves us mm-hmm. and who is actually coming to our defense and fighting on our behalf. and, that was my conviction in the middle of the night. But I would have never thought that I'm operating a little bit from that lens in the way I get a little defensive or self guarded right. with friendships, possibly, or even in my family. Yeah. You know, it's interesting
1: because I think that you would be tempted not to just think of that as a lie. I'm alone. That's a matter
0: of fact. But that's not true. And it's never true. Right. Never true. It's never true that we're alone. Right. Because loneliness is different than solitude. Solitude is. Emmanuel mm-hmm. with us God is always with us. We are actually never alone. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, in the garden, right, there's shame and they hide. Yeah. I think shame kind of feeds that lie of like if you really saw all the parts of me, mm-hmm. would right. you still love me?
2: Right. Oh, I think we all ask that. And, you know, in the middle of the night, of course, because that's we finally we have no choice but to let everything quiet at some point. if if we're able to sleep, you know, and then to the gift of the Lord caring so specifically for our hearts that he will speak to us even then. Mm -hmm. And especially then, because it's the only time we're still Mm -hmm. and quiet. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Rebecca, that relationship with the Lord and the Holy Spirit and delighting, not just in the encouragement of his, of his word, but in the
1: the refining power,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, and in delighting, so you know, I think in that same psalm, or in, it's all over Psalm one nineteen. But I delight in your instruction. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. not just your word, but His word is instruction. And when you're reading a book like Genesis, so we we're all the three of us at this table have read the passages for this week that the community is reading in Genesis. How does that, just regular Bible reading, reading through books of the Bible, how does that inform this ongoing conversation that you have with the Lord about things like your sin, the the way that he's convicting you of your sin, the things that you're learning? You know, because on the surface, I could look at this and go, okay, so we're reading about Babel. We're reading about God's covenant with Abram. We're reading about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. And it, this week it, she reads truth right. and so it reading. can feel, especially if the if scripture is new to you, it can feel completely unrelated sure to to me right to my life. you know, and we want to know like what does this mean right? What does this mean about God, but also like we all ask, you know like mm-hmm. what does this mean for me like exactly. right now exactly. So how do you what does that look like for you?
0: Well, I think without the Holy Spirit, like illuminating yep. illuminating and activating these words we would just read it as a story like an old history story book. a history book mm-hmm. but when you read it from the lens of the holy spirit prompting or just refining or even reminding you cuz again i love in mm-hmm. in you know when jesus promises spirit he says the spirit's going to prompt you of everything i've ever said there's this mm-hmm. kind of recall that where you start to go oh Where have I acted like uh, the people who built the Tower of Babel? You know what I'm saying? Like, how how are we motivated that same way today? What Mm -hmm. kind of towers are we as a capital C church building? What am I, Rebecca Lyons building? I was struck by certain phrases I read when I'm reading long passages in the New Living just because... That's the one I have with all the. I have a chronological version, Yeah. so I'm just reading everything in context yeah. as well as the notes behind it. But this one, this phrase stuck out to me today in Genesis 11. It says, "They wanted to build this tower. Let's make bricks, harden them with fire." But the motive behind it is what we're asking. The motive was, "This will make us famous and keep <laughs> us from being scattered all over the world." And I'm just laughing. I'm like, "How many of us are like, if we do this, this right? will make us famous? If we like." Write a lot of books and do a podcast and talk about Jesus. This will make us famous. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wait a minute. That's super, super humbling because what are the motives behind every action? We can come at them with pure motives, Mm -hmm. but sin always will take a pure motive and distort it Mm -hmm. and taint it. Like, and that's what I have to be very careful about because it could start really pure. Like Mm -hmm. a heart can be really pure. Like I love the I love the word of God. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the word of God, but I also really love the affirmation I get when and I talk about the world. You know what I'm saying? Last Mm -hmm. week
1: we read, sin is crouching at the door, its desire is for you.
0: Yes. So yeah, Yeah. beware. Yeah. But just by reading that, you know, going okay. God allows us to see this story early on. The motives behind these people was to be famous and to keep from being scattered. Meaning, they wanted to be insulated. Mm-hmm. They were actually the opposite of the Great Commission—to yeah. go yeah. and spread. Like, no, we're gonna we're gonna stay. We're gonna be kind of Fort Knox. No one can get in. This mm-hmm. is for all the special people who are famous who have <laughs> tall towers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like some other places I know in the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. this like elitism there. There's this hierarchy there and and we were even talking earlier about how the tower of babel, you know, all of a sudden he confuses them with these languages mm-hmm. and we're like how does that even relate to pentecost? right? Yeah. You know, like the like the connection between those two I had never And I love that you asked. We're like I I want to make a connection here
1: but not if there's not one. Right. You know, right. but like boy, that reminds me of something else that
2: I read in scripture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and to dig in there and to know that okay, well let's look at that and let's look at how you were pointing out that it scatters and confuses their language and then at Pentecost, like, unifies. right? Yeah, so, yeah. and just what, and that is when... This whole conversation reminds me, our friend Russ would always talk about the rewards of reading scripture over time mm-hmm. right? and how, so a lot of those rewards are conviction, delight, mm-hmm. understanding, but these dot connections mm-hmm. and understanding the arc that you were just describing that we begin to see the nature of God. right? And even if we don't understand every single thing we're reading or have a zillion questions, which spoiler alert, The longer you read scripture, the more questions you're going to have because you start to just see like, oh, this is so interesting or why this word and why that. And so you can just keep digging your whole life. I mean, Mm -hmm. I hope we do. I hope we keep digging. And I
1: I think, and Amanda, correct me if I'm wrong, but so we have, what I want to say is that sometimes we want to draw connections and they're not there. But I think that there are some connections that are so worth finding and drawing. I think this is one of them. And I'm so glad that you pointed it out this morning, Rebecca, because I think Amanda, we have an extra, a map that overlays the table of nations after Babel uh,
2: with the nations of Pentecost. And there are similarities there. Like they almost match up. Very close. Yeah. So this is, it's a theory worth digging into. And
0: well, the thing I love here is that, that the point of giving them different languages was to scatter. Right. Right. And then that's what happens at Pentecost. They all get different languages and they scatter. Yeah, Before it was scattering because God's like, I'm about to do something here with Abraham and mm-hmm. y'all, y'all aren't going to last in this Tower of Babel because that's not where my hand is moving. Yeah, And then at Pentecost, he's like, no, I'm going to, y'all are going to speak a bunch of different languages at 9 a.m. People will think you're drunk, but no, this is going to scatter and begin what I am establishing as my church, yeah. So to me, it's so interesting because both times, nobody saw it coming, mm-hmm. and God's like, "I'm not confused about what's about to happen. By all means necessary, my will will be done, and this is the way that He does it." That's what makes me love God so much is that He always interrupts maybe our train of thought. Yeah, like it seems to make sense that you would do it this way, but He's like, "Nope." Just the very fact that you think that <laughs> shows <laughs> why you're not God and why I'm kind of doing it doing it around the corner. And I love the curveballs of God. I absolutely love the interruption of God because it reminds me that no matter how hard I try to, quote unquote, build my tower, do my ministry, quote unquote, make my name famous, right, whatever right. those unpure motives might look like, God's like, oh, no, no. no who promotes you? I do. And mm-hmm. this is how he reveals this with Abraham. So they say, let's build a tower, so I'll make you famous. Then we jump into Genesis 12, 1. And then he tells Abraham, leave your native country, relatives, father's family, go to the land, I will show you, I will make you into great nation, I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. And I'm just <laughs> laughing. God's like, who promotes you? Yes. I will, Not I you. will. <laughs>
2: right. And that's the difference. And that is what you know, we talk about walking with God, like that is the difference. It's not like, you know, I see I see what you're doing there, but I want to show you what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going to do through you. If you even flip one more chapter to 13, Genesis 13, um, and I'm in the CSB, but where Abram and Lot separate. And he essentially is like, you get dibs on, you know, where do you want to go? You pick. You pick." And so starting in verse 14, I'm reading from the CSB, but listen for the I will. So basically what happens is Lot looks around. He's like, well, clearly, I'm going to go over here by this river. So I'm going to be I'm going to have the entire plain of the Jordan. I'll take that.
1: Yeah, the deal is they're they're crowded. Yeah, Abraham's got a lot of sheep, and they're fighting with the the sheep of Lots, and and they they're just like,
2: need this their This isn't own gonna land. work. Yeah, we need to separate. Yeah, and so they do, and so Lot chooses. And then Abram goes to the land no, but of Canaan. Lot chooses the pretty land.
0: Right, exactly. Right? Like, again, back to relating to us. That's what I would do. Yep. Common sense. I'd be like, well, I'm looking at everything. I'm and this one looks really beautiful. Strategic here. It doesn't matter that that's a land of wicked people. It right. still cosmetically looks right. great. And also looks like the uh, the type of land
1: that would supply my needs. Yes.
0: Right. So so,
1: so I'm Lot, clearly going to go here. selfish choice. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then there was... Or,
2: you know, uh, uh, the smart choice, depending on who you ask. Yeah, that's like, true. If, just true. Like, if you're just making, you're like, well, you can have this land or you can have this land. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I think that most people would be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what you that's would do. That's the Jordan but, is. Cool. Yeah. So listen to this. So this is starting in verse 14 and listen for the I wills in this passage. After Lot had separated from him, the Lord said to Abram, Look from the place where you are, look north and south, east and west, for I will give you and your offspring forever, all the land that you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land through its length and width, for I will give it to you. And so it just, this is exactly like the Babel thing. You know, it's like here, we will make a name for ourselves. And God's like... No. No, you won't. And here's how I'm going to make my name known through this little guy, Abram, and his family that I'm going to, you know, we'll see. Like, I'm going to take a barren woman and create a nation.
1: And it's funny that you said this little guy, Abram, because that really did occur to me when we were, um, to be
2: clear, I have no idea if he was little, but I mean, it's like one man as opposed to a tower of people, you know, here's the
1: thing at the end of chapter 11, where it talks about Tara's descendants, it just like lists Abram along his brothers. Like he's just one of the sons. He's a guy. He's a man, just a guy. Yeah. And it wasn't Abram's ambition. That caused God to choose him. It was nothing about Abram. It It wasn't his strategic planning. Right. You know, it just, it struck me because to us in 2020, we think of Abraham as, you know, the father of many nations. We know his story. But at the time he was just a guy and God picked him. I just think it's fascinating. It's like the before he
2: was
0: famous moment.
2: Yeah. And he's a man who was walking with God. That's right. Right.
0: And it does seem a little confusing. Well, why Abram? Right. You know? Because it doesn't really say why, I'm always about the why, right. but we don't have a why. We, we're just like, hey, God just decided, obviously, before, <laughs> before all this happened, that, that it would be Abram. But then when you jump to verse 6, and Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Yeah. And when you jump to Hebrews 11, and you see all the heroes of the faith... You know, God's basically choosing people who believe him, who just take him at his word. And that was what I took from this passage more than anything, that God is a God of covenant. Mm -hmm. And covenant exactly means that what I say I will do. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not like casual about it. It's optional. Mm -hmm. I feel like it today, but I might not feel like it in several years before this actually came to be for Abraham or Abram, then Abraham. Right. And I think the other reason why this Passage is so important for us on a personal level. We would think that he chose Abraham because he was perfect, but no, no. no. It says here that he counted him as righteous because of his faith. The same guy who still later goes, Well, maybe not. Maybe I should sleep with Hagar. Hagar. Yeah. Because I know God gave me this covenant. But But maybe he didn't understand how difficult that would be. Yeah, maybe he meant he just meant through a different way. Mm -hmm. Because I, this isn't happening for Sarah and I. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, man. So he he's rewarded because of his faith. He still has doubt. Mm -hmm. He still tries to take control and Mm -hmm. do an alternate ending. Mm I mean, how many of us do that, right? Guys, this is what I'm setting up for you. And we're like, "Uh, I haven't seen it. And I'm not sure. I believe you for a season. Mm -hmm. I think that with our adoption, like I believed that we were supposed to adopt joy. No question. It was really hard to get to that point. But once we did, we said, yes, we were moving forward. My dad dies two months later. By three months later, I'm like, this was a mistake. We never should have done this. Then she gets sent back to her orphanage. Then I'm like, nope. We are, this is not a mistake. We're getting her. Then, <laughs> then like the week before we we're getting on a plane to China, I was like, I can't do this. What am I thinking? You know? And I'm just like, my goodness, what a yo-yo, right? <laughs> like God has said, this is, this is what I will. This is what I have for you. This is a yes. Mm-hmm. And then yet still, and while we had so much faith, sometimes that faith is still tested mm-hmm. in the 11th hour, right before yeah. fulfillment of a promise.
1: Mm-hmm. And what a good gift that he gave to you and Gabe and the kids, not because of your ambition and even in spite of your ambition, but because he was faithful. Yeah.
2: That's beautiful. It's true. So essentially what we're saying is Abraham was a human. Abraham was a sinner. Like we don't talk about about him that way very often because we talk about him in the context of the hall of faith, just like you were saying. Mm -hmm. But I think that's when we say like he was just a guy, like that's code for he was a fallible human being. And we see even recorded in scripture, yes, we have times where he walked with God. And I do think we can look at Abram's life and say, Abraham walked with God, like looking back, you know, and he is in the hall of faith. But even recorded in scripture are times when he made some Bad choices. right?
0: Well, anyone with great faith has encountered trial. That's the only way you mature, right? Mm -hmm. So James 1, count it joy when you face trial, because it's maturing and perfecting and helping you lack nothing, which, of course, we're not going to see that this Mm -hmm. side of eternity. But this idea of, I think of all the ways my faith has been tested... What happens on the other side of that? Mm-hmm. I have more faith. You become I'm more like right? Christ. And so that's that's why I think all those heroes of the faith or Abraham, especially as this father of many nations, I'm so grateful that this early on in the text, we see a model of the yes. guy being tested in his faith, God showing up in the midst of adversity, going, okay, yeah, you kind of did this your own way. And there will be consequences. God allows it. There will be consequences. But my covenant will still stand
2: firm, and your
0: faith will be strengthened as a result.
2: Right. Even the father of the faith, you know, the patriarch of patriarchs, Abraham points to Christ because of his deficits, Right. right? Because he is not, I mean, there was one, there was one who didn't. Make questionable choices. Who didn't disobey? There was one who who did that, and that was Jesus.
1: And I also love that. That is the difference between um, a covenant and a promise. Like a promise is, "I will do this if you'll do this." Whereas a covenant is, "I am yours and you are mine." Like it's relationship. That's right. And so with God and with Abraham, it was a covenant. And on the human side of things, it is broken. But on the heaven side of things. It is not and cannot be broken and will not be broken. And when we see this covenant with Abraham and we see God's faithfulness to do what he said he would do, um, it helps us as we look at other covenants that God made and other promises that God makes even to us, things that haven't been fulfilled yet, we know they will be right? because he has never not kept his
0: covenant with man. And you think about Abraham over his lifetime of the span of years, just in these few chapters, Right that he's matured in his faith so much as he's seen these things actually come to fruition that he's willing to get circumcised at 99. That's that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Like that to me shows like a legend. And like him (laughs) and his household.
1: So like all, every man in his household, which was not a few. And so like, that's really like putting yourself on the line, so to speak. Because (laughs) because of what Abraham believed, Mm -hmm. everybody in his household had to take action. Mm -hmm. And so what if he was wrong? So I want to switch gears because I don't want to get to the end of this episode without the benefit of – Rebecca is one of my favorite shes and I have a lot of favorite she's you're all my favorite shes <laughs> but listen Rebecca is such a good friend and every time I talk with her I leave that time with her feeling encouraged and loving God's word more and um, feeling challenged too and so Rebecca you wrote a book in the fall um, called Rhythms of renewal and even from both from that book and from what I know of you as a friend and a human I know that you're an intentional person and I know that you love God's word so I want the benefit right now of just hearing from you. Like, What rhythms are you finding working in your life? What are you learning right now?
0: Well, the book was so much inspired by the rhythm of God because he established created order in rhythm, mm. evening and morning with the first day, the second day, the third day. And that in that rhythm, all of a sudden he creates a universe in rhythm. We've got satellites in orbit. We've got tides in an ocean. We've got evening and morning. We've got days, weeks, months, years, spring, summer, fall, winter. The culmination of His creation is us, you know, male and female. And then He creates our bodies in rhythm. We've got heartbeat. We've got pulse. We've got breathing. We've got—even we walk with a stride. We walk in rhythm. And I love that about God because when Jesus says, walk with me— you know, learn my unforced rhythms of grace, Mm -hmm. this watch me and learn how I do it. Are you tired, burned out on religion? In fact, the subtitle of the book is Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. And so some of you who know my story know I had panic attacks nine years ago, panic disorder, anxiety, some depression. And so it's been me learning the rhythms of god and how where he moves and how he moves and lives and moves and has our being and invites us to join him and so over time it just, i just settled this out with four rhythms and because i believe that the god dwells in these rhythms and he Makes us to walk with him in rhythm. And so the rhythms are rest, restore, connect, create. And rest is the first one because, again, at the end of creating, he rests on the seventh day and then he blesses that day. And I believe that rest precedes blessing and that we don't run to earn rest. Yeah. We run fueled from a posture of rest. Yeah. So for me, Gosh, my Sabbath. Such a big difference. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. For me, my Sabbath is Sunday. Beginning a day, yep, so that Monday I'm not like, i can't wait for Friday, you know right. I'm earning my rest, it's like no, I'm running." full force Monday because I was fueled yesterday mm-hmm. with rest, with peace, with slowing, with filling because mm-hmm. you can't give what you haven't received. Yes. And so part of the point of the rhythms are our rest and restore our input rhythms mm-hmm. and to connect and create our output rhythms. And I do it in that order because each rhythm builds on the next. And so rest rhythm is so much about our inner life, like Am I okay? Are God and I okay? Everything we just talked about, like conviction at three AM, you right. know, Is my heart yeah. a little janky right now because I just can't understand why I'm, why my compulsions are acting up? Because is we that all... the message translation? My
2: heart's a little janky. <laughs> I was right about now. to say I, I think janky is is the right word. <laughs> it's good to use. Yeah, there.
0: you know, for lack of you know, just to keep vocabulary at street level, I'm I like janky it. It. works. But the reason why I chose rhythm is because I believe God established. Creation and rhythm, and then renewal yeah. means to make new, to become new again and again. And so when God is saying, and it and it actually means even in the dictionary, like in the charismatic, uh, it say a charismatic definition is to become like new in the spirit. And I'm think I'm laughing right because right. <laughs> even Webster's trying to like the world's telling it's you like to become new spiritually, like like even through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, come on, let's but do it. But the idea <laughs> is that if God is author of life. And then the enemy is the author of death. And so then that means he's like, I'm, I'm creating newness in your life. My mercies are new every morning. So I'm not only making you new I'm not only renewing your mind. I'm doing it again and again and again and again. Oh, rhythm. I'm doing it in rhythm. Yeah. So I'm making you new in rhythm. And because I'm always doing a new thing, do you not see it? Right? Yeah. We're like, I didn't see that. That came out of left field. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm doing it again, and I'm doing it again, and I'm doing it again. So in the rest rhythm, real practical examples are just like literally like examine and confess is one of the chapters, you know, mm-hmm. take inventory of your life, you yeah. know, what's right, what's wrong, what's confused and what's missing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. routines for deep sleep. Cause we need sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, God's not casual about that either. <laughs> he makes our bodies. He knows what we need and he uses all means necessary to heal us. Yeah. And so I wanted this book to be scriptural and science. I think science and faith complement each other because God, again, you know, he says, you know, I want you to, love my creation. Science and, is his. And the and the greatest thing about that, right? If you take a brisk walk for 15 minutes or more, it raises serotonin in your mind and in, in your body, and that's the natural happy hormone, which gives you more confidence, gives you drive, gives you connection. Oxytocin in the connect rhythm, if you hold a hug for five seconds or more, oxytocin rises, which gives you feelings of connection and belonging, right? Yeah. So God's basically saying we we talk a lot in the in the mental health world about chemical imbalances. Mm -hmm. And so we have SSRIs and a lot of different medications are made for to help with that. Yeah. And so that's one way to do it, and that is a that's a help for a lot of people. But God's also saying, "Hey, I actually just made things that you need to do. You need to commune with each other. You need to embrace. Mm-hmm. You need to make eye contact so oxytocin can rise. You need to get out. You need to use your bodies. You need to get in nature. You know, mm-hmm. you need vitamin D so serotonin can rise. We have a bunch. We have five hormones that we need that those levels can get off if we sit nine hours a day yeah. and we stare at a screen, mm-hmm. right? So part Part of that is this fatigue or this stress that we are societally seeing mm-hmm. 77% of us right now, almost four out of five have physical symptoms of stress, mm-hmm. physical, which I now it. turns into, mm-hmm. you know, shallow breathing or a racing mind that won't quit. So sleepless nights or a heart that's elevated heart rate. And so as a result, I think it's because we are as a people do not know how to slow down like before again when god established a circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. before the digital revolution or even the industrial revolution we did operate as people of rhythm because we had no choice we had a sunrise Mm -hmm. that emits blue light and tells you to wake up and a sunset which emits red light which is natural melatonin for your body isn't that crazy so so we lived in rhythm the sunset actually helps you get sleepy yes love it that, just like that right? He's like, yeah. hey, guys, you're going to go out and you're going to look at my beauty mm-hmm. and then you're going to get tired and you're going to rest. You're going to find rest for your soul. And I'm just laughing at that because then all of a sudden we have this industrial revolution where machines are created mm-hmm. and they are never turned off out of efficiency. Mm-hmm. So that always on statement that we say, you know, in the workplace mm-hmm. is never designed for a human, right? right? They're for machines. And so we now no longer have... A lot of that kind of machinery but we now have a device looking at us yeah. telling to be
2: always on yeah and when you said always on i just lifted my phone yeah, yeah. like a always hand-held.
0: on and the blue light coming from your phone at 11 p.m is saying wake up wake up wake up and then look at all the things you can't afford or all the people that you, you can't be you know, like, look younger than yeah. you and so then it's just this lie that keeps coming back at us as as god's daughters saying no put that away get the rest that you need Get this soul rest that you need and um, receive from me so that you can actually go back out tomorrow and you can connect again and you can create. Yeah.
2: So to those of us who made a really earnest, honest decision that like we want to be in scripture more. I, mm-hmm. want to, I want to... the be, long-term benefits
1: of reading God's Word. Yes.
2: Like, I want that reward over time. I want to see the ark. I want to be a woman in the Word of God every day. I want this... I want to walk with God. All of these things that we've been saying. And here we are. We're about at the middle of January, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we're starting to feel all of that that you just rattled off for us, Rebecca. We're starting to feel that, like, nothing ever turns off and we don't. we don't do all of those things. Like... We don't hold an embrace for five seconds. We don't get out and walk, and we don't watch the sunset every day. Like, we
1: definitely aren't getting our vitamin D.
2: <clears throat> right. So what <laughs> What do you say as a woman who is not – you're not a self-help expert. You are a daughter of God who, who loves the Lord and loves his people. And you are discovering things that he, like you said, all of this stems from creation order. This is, this is what God has created, right? the way that he has designed us to live. So knowing that, like, what do you, what do you say to those of us who are like, that all sounds great. Mm-hmm. How specifically about Bible reading, like, what is, what do you find that works? Or like, even if it's a frame of mind and not like a practice, like mm-hmm. I've, I've heard you say that you sit in the closet. I do. You well, have a that's, closet spot, I do. right? I do. Yes. Even because, things like that. Like what?
0: Yeah. What well, works? that's, that's more, I have a pallet out for kneeling because. <laughs> that's what they call it in the
1: South. I never heard that word <laughs> until pallet? I moved to the South. It's like blankets.
0: What do hard, you call it? Well, because the wood floor was kind of hurting my knees because I'm getting old. So I just put down some blankets. But the idea
2: what for. I would just call it Blankets. Oh, but the blankets create a thing and that thing is called a pallet. Well, listen. <laughs> a pallet could also be like uncomfortable, but I need I mean a
0: soft pallet. Okay, right? I guess a pallet that you put books on is made out of wood, so you don't want to lay on that. My kids would go to sleep sleepovers <laughs> Not a and they'd palette. be like,
1: we made a big pallet on the floor. I'm like, what's that? What's a pallet? Great. No. So, sorry. I think, I,
0: I think there's... A, there's a lot of ways. Obviously his word is foundational for knowing him more. I think prayer Mm -hmm. vital for Mm -hmm. the communion with God and um, like pouring our hearts out because part of confession and repentance. So I think the word shows us examples of how to do this, but then I think then have the word hang in there and then get, you know, just get honest before God with what was revealed as you read. Mm -hmm. A lot of times to me, uh, the conviction comes before or after I read the word or or even just the just for me it's sometimes in the middle of the night because I'm not sleeping well but I'm sleeping better because of rhythms praise God for that but in general i do think that God wants us to care for our bodies right mm-hmm. he actually cares about what we put in it it's a temple mm-hmm. where we've been given it to steward mm-hmm. we don't know our the number of days and but we do know that today we have mm-hmm. so let's steward it well and it And when people think it doesn't matter the decisions I make by what I eat, Mm -hmm. let's just be honest. The the diet in the scriptures looked nothing like our diet today. Mm -hmm. So in my curriculum for this book, I I just talk about how Jesus modeled these rhythms. Scholars believe he walked over 3,200 miles in the three years based on all the destinations he went. So when he said, follow me, he meant literally use your legs. Yeah, if Jesus would have had a Fitbit. Walk with me, yes. And I'm just thinking if... If walking actually brings this sense of purpose, this sense of it unblocks like a creative block mm-hmm. uh, it allows you to imagine mm-hmm. I think of how many prayer walks I've had with yeah. God like
2: that's what I was going to ask is how do you combine
0: these things yeah you know again, like, you don't have all these hours right. so it's really going. Like, will you multiply this time, God? Mm. Would you, you know, we all have the same amount of time, and you're just giving us the the role of stewarding it. Yep. So show us wisdom. For me, quiet time, morning routine happens early before the kids are up. Yeah, that means prayer, that means journal, gratitude, mm-hmm. um, scripture, all of that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't come back later if I'm studying something specific. Sure,
2: right. I think we need permission from one another to go like, hey, guys it's okay to walk and pray. It's okay to pray out loud in the car with Uh, your kids. I I prayed the whole way here. like, do that, do that. Rebecca prayed for us on the way here.
0: Well, it's just because how rare is it that we're in our car without our kids? right? So I'm like, I can actually talk out loud. Mm -hmm. I'm on 840. I don't look crazy. Nobody can see me. Who cares? But God, like that matters so much. Sometimes I have early flights going to the airport and Mm -hmm. I get to see the sunrise. I'm talking to God the whole time. You know, walking with God can mean literally, but it means talking. With God, communing with God, letting His word be what fills you, but making sure you don't withhold what you speak back. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times I'll read passages out loud because I want to confess those words I'm actually reading, like taking them in and out at the same time, especially if they're about declarations and some new covenant stuff. I am (laughs) these are all the promises. I'm gonna say them in agreement Mm -hmm. as I read them. But I do think God's saying, like, is your faith growing? Mm -hmm. That that ultimately is, I think what Abraham models here is our faith growing and are we are we believing for more of God because we actually have been given a holy imagination mm-hmm. by his word by his spirit activating that going and i think that's what he's done here for mm-hmm. she reads truth you you mm-hmm. almost get new subtle just Promptings mm-hmm. to go. Hey, let's try. Let's try this. Let's try a podcast. Let's 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 exegete this passage. Yeah, I really think this Holy Spirit is working and prompting us throughout the day, whether or not the the scripture might be open in that moment. But mm-hmm. He's bringing recall from yeah. something we read earlier or mm-hmm. a conversation we had over a certain passage. It never ends. Yeah, and that's what to me is beautiful. It's less of a chore chart, right? It's not a to do list. It's How do I live
2: integrated so that God and I are communing, you know, at all times? Right. And it's like we talked about with like Babel and Abram and Lot. It's who's driving? Is it the I will or I'm doing the I, I, I? Or is it the he, Mm -hmm. you know, that um, when God says, I will do this and I will do this and here is our plan. Mm -hmm. And so to walk physically and walk and talk with the Lord, but also to metaphorically walk with is like. He's taken us where we're going. It's so good. Okay.
1: So the last question that we ask on the She Reads Truth podcast, because at the She Reads Truth podcast, we like to look at God's word and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. But the last question we like to ask is, where are you seeing beauty, goodness, and truth in the world right now in your life? So Rebecca, I'd love to hear from you. Amanda, if you have anything, I have something this week. Yes. Sometimes I don't feel prepared, but this week I do feel prepared. All right. I want to hear. I want to hear. What is it? Oh, okay. Well, I'll, well then I'll go first. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, one of my favorite things to do in the wintertime is skiing. Our family loves to ski. It's a sport that we took up about three or four years ago when the kids were little enough to learn and get good at it fast. But we don't get a lot of snow in Tennessee. And so it's, you know, sort of when we travel, we, you know, check and see, like, is there a mountain nearby? Mm-hmm. And so... um going to Michigan to visit Ryan's parents over Christmas, Uh, there's like a little mountain called Mount Brighton. It's actually a landfill covered with dirt. It's a trash heap. Um, And they've turned it into a, a ski hill. And we used to ski there, Ryan and I as teenagers, but this was the first year as adults that we've gone back and taken our kids there. And so like, to me, like the goodness is like this Tennessee girl getting to like fully lean into the snowy weather and all of the good things of winter and then go home to where it's more mild and also good. The yes. snowy
2: trash heap. I feel like there's a, there's a metaphor in there Yeah, for sure.
1: It's like a lemons and lemonade thing. Like take <laughs> this trash heap and turn it into a ski hoe. There you Perfect. go. Yeah. I
0: love it. What about you, Rebecca? Okay. So I think what's good is new beginnings. I love January yeah. for that reason, because we could think that, Oh, the holidays are done and now it's cold, cold, cold for a long time. But what we do have is a fresh start, yeah. clean slate, a whole year in front of us. And it's never too late to reestablish what you want your life to be about. That's kind of my mantra for this book and I think part of it was cuz I needed that. Mm-hmm. I need this this word for the year, these new beginnings, this again, the mercy of God, the newness to mm-hmm. be made new again and so that looks like a lot of things. It looks like a lot of intentions. Some don't always come to fruition, but at least I can dream again. Yeah. And Gabe and I always over break between Christmas and New Year that week. We reflect on last year
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and then we look forward and we just say, What what are the changes? Like we take inventory every quarter of our family yeah. and just making sure this is Pierce only has another year and a half oh before Lord. he graduates. I know, Pardon don't me. even get me started. And so as a result, <laughs> we're counting the Saturdays. Yeah. And we're just saying, How are we? This year, I've 2020, heard you guys talk about that you count the Saturdays. The Saturdays matter. Yeah. And again, I travel on some of those Saturdays. Yeah. So we have to compensate for that in the summer, for right? The Saturdays we miss because we're so determined um, that with good intention, like that breeds action, yeah. right? So, that awareness of mm-hmm. what might be missing breeds action, and so I love a new beginning. I love that, Rebecca, because new beginnings don't have to all land on January first.
1: Right. It's January thirteenth, and this can be a new beginning. It doesn't right. have to be like you're saying. Your family takes stock every quarter. Right? What new beginnings do we need right now? That's fantastic.
2: I mean, that's remarkable. I want you to be my like life planner. Okay, I'm sure. Gonna, Rebecca Lyons, <laughs> my personal life coach. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mine is not nearly as profound as either of these. Um, It's just. Yeah,
1: downhill skiing is indeed profound. Oh, well, the the whole trash heap metaphor. I mean, you really can. You really
2: can. Go for it there. Um, Mine is just dark chocolate covered almonds. That's a good girl. The the end. I have nothing to say about it other than thank You you, Lord.
1: You know, Trader Joe's does like a dark chocolate. Caramel with sea salt on it,
2: and that's really a home sweet home for me. It is very good. The last one of those I had was at your house. That's right. And I remember it fondly.
0: <laughs> dark chocolate almonds have been my mainstay for years because there well, really I'm... isn't much guilt in there. No, right? we got an yeah. almond. So good. An almond feeds your brain, and then the dark chocolate. You can just pretend it's over about seventy three percent cocoa, and that actually is good for your heart. So yeah. it's an antioxidant. See, I See, feel even actually, better. It's like
2: you're eating a salad. I love it. <laughs> See, uh, Rebecca Lyons. There we my go. personal
0: life coach thank you Rebecca it was
1: such a joy to have you today
0: I love you both this is my favorite we love you back thanks right. for being here happy new beginnings hey guys
1: thank you so much for listening today and we uh, will be back next week we'll talk about Abraham and Isaac Isaac and Rebecca all kinds of things you know where to find us and come back next week don't forget to subscribe and until then Amanda what do we say
2: keep opening your Bibles that's
1: right we'll see you guys next week